0: Just to explain, it was the Four Corners Festival um, worship service this morning, um, and we were up uh, in the old Per Clare's building, um, not far up from BRA, near O Park, where I got married, um, on the cliffonville Road, and that one out on the radio. And Doug, um, who is speaking tonight, and you don't want to miss tonight, in um, St. Gomgles. Um, Was speaking this morning on the same passage that I have to speak on now. You don't want that. That you do not want. And you know what's even worse is when you look down to the left and you see that Karen Black is in the room and she has heard the first sermon. So uh, even more pressure, Karen, eh? But it's the lectionary that Doug was reading from, and so will I attempt to. And it's Mark chapter 9. Jumping a wee bit ahead in chapter in Mark because um, we are on the mountain of transfiguration as we go into Lent. Verse 2. After six days Jesus took Peter, James and John with him and led them up a high mountain where they were all alone. There he was transfigured before them His clothes became dazzled white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. And there appeared before them Elijah and Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, uh, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. He did not know what to say. They were so frightened. Then a cloud appeared and covered them. And a voice came from the cloud. This is my son whom I love. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. They kept the matter to themselves. Discussing the rising from the what rising from the dead meant so we're up a mountain and we know in Fitzroy that where there are mountains in those Old Testament mountains that's where God resides at least that's where we think of him being that's where you go up to get the Ten Commandments and in many ways what we might be doing here is getting the Ten Commandments, or at least pointed to where the commandments are that we should follow from here. And then we have Elijah and Moses. And to me, if we look at it, we have Moses, and there's all the law, and we have Elijah, and he represents the prophets. And it's almost like they're two tributaries of the Old Testament Where Mark, who's wanting to tell the people in his evangelism who Jesus is and how Jesus is connected with all that. It's almost, these are the rivers. And here is the sea. Jesus, coming out of these two tributaries of the law and the prophets. To be the one that we hear again, because don't forget in the baptism we heard it. This is my son, Here again, we hear this voice. This is my son whom I love. Listen to him. Listen to him. We're in discipleship again. The Ten Commandments, they come down the mountain to try and apply. We're coming down the mountain to try and follow the words and the ways of Jesus, the son whom God loves. Listen to him. It's apocalyptic. And we've done the Nick Cave thing every week and he sees it as that speedy, fast apocalyptic. So I needed to know what apocalyptic was. And I've read that in the Bible an apocalypse is what happens when someone is exposed to To the transcendent reality of God's perspective. That's what they were getting right here. This wasn't your everyday experience. This was an apocalyptic showing revelation. Of who Jesus is. An apocalypse is a confrontation with the divine. So intense. That it transforms how a person views everything. a Sermon said this. We call these moments mountaintop experiences. The Orkney poet Edwin Muir in his poem of the Transfiguration talks of our being given back the world, clear and unfallen. This is a moment in which we see the unseeable glory of the life behind and beyond. In Dante's words, the love which fires the sun and all the stars these three disciples are having this experience of apocalypse where they could see the glory. And it didn't take me long to get to there's something else we've got to realize here that Peter had to realize at some stage that these disciples have seen this glory and they want the shelters, you can imagine. The places were closest to Jesus, we want to stay for a long, long time, but they were going to have to come back down the mountain appropriately into Lent for us today. And that there's this apocalyptic praxis that's happening the kind of tension That all eschatology provides, where the sweet by and by meets the nasty here and now. And that might be where you are this morning. Stockman, it's all right to talk about this mountaintop experience and this glory and this transcendence, but actually, where I am is the nasty here and now. But maybe an apocalyptic vision like Mark records here is a revelation designed to buttress our discipleship. To keep it from slipping up when glory looks so much sweeter and failure so much more likely. When we're going through these difficult times that's when these experiences the apocalypse of who Jesus is my son, I love, listen to him, gives us some kind of anchor buttress through the difficulties. It might be that we all need a true vision of God's purpose in Jesus and a brief command to go and listen to him and then once you do it, you're in the realm of apocalyptic praxis I read somewhere this week but couldn't work out where and I've googled it to death and I can't find it again. Apocalyptic praxis. There's no way I'm getting through this sermon on the second Sunday of Four Corners without mentioning Four Corners. At least, if it's any kind of a good festival, there's bound to be something happened this week that was good The line came out of Blue Lights. The two guys who come up with the idea of Blue Lights, that uh, BBC cop drama set in Belfast, they were astonishing. And it'll be online. Go and listen to what they're trying to do with their storylines in Belfast and how they put them together and uh, all kinds of other things. But they, I can't remember which one of them said it, that they live between idealism and pragmatism, as they said, all police stations do, as all nations do, as we all do. We live between idealism and pragmatism. So the story and blue lights that they then put up on the screen behind us was the one where Grace, and we just didn't quite get into that, but yeah, Grace is Grace, for good reason. Um, And Grace, if you haven't seen the programme, you need to go and and watch it, but um, Grace, the the series follows new recruits into the PSNI. And Grace is a little bit different in that she was a social worker and she's 40, and she's joining a bit later. And she's out, she's been, I think Stevie's her guy. And Stevie's well, well-worn policeman, and he's seen it all. And he's trying to tell her to calm down because Grace is trying to sort everybody out. She's trying to do more than just police. She's wanting the police be a social worker and almost be a pastoral care assistant to all these people and the West Belfast where it was set. Um, and Stevie's driving the car, and he's saying, "What did you do before this?" And, she has to admit, ah, you're a social worker. He said, you know, you've got to catch on that after time, all those dreams are not going to happen and you've just got to be able to do what you can do and you don't want to go further than that. But grace wants to go further than that. Because grace is grace. And she's got an idealism. But to be fair, they need a pragmatism too. So unfortunately, if you were there on Wednesday night, you're going to have to park your car the right way round for a police car. Because Dacklin uh, <coughs> has told us, well, a- Adam said that Dacklin spends his week in Marks and Spencer's on the Lisburn Road seeing whether people drive in or reverse in. Because you don't want to drive in to a cul-de-sac in certain parts of Belfast. You've got to drive in, like I actually did this morning for the radio service. I reversed in because I needed out quickly to get here. You have an idealism that's happening, but your idealism has to be met with pragmatism, apocalyptic practice. Because we are living in the tension of the by and by and the nasty here and now. So how do we live that? Well, the disciples had to come down the mountain to do that. We go into Lent this week and there is an Ash Wednesday service ecumenical that we've almost forgotten about because there's a Four Corners Festival on and on Wednesday evening and I wish I could tell you the time I think it's 7 o'clock 7 o'clock thank you Miley um, uh, up, uh, up the Shankle Road um, in uh, Saint something sorry about this um, there is an Ashing an service ecumenical. and that's important because we realise at that who we are and what we are that yeah we have this idealism Yeah, we've had moments when we've seen God so clearly. Yeah, we believe in this God, apocalyptic God's son. He's well pleased. He loves him. Listen to me. But we're going to have to go through times when it will be very pragmatic. But will we get through stronger? Now, you'd love to say... If you go forward a wee bit, you'll see that Peter did. And I don't know what it's going to be like in the suite by and by, but if you were allowed to go to a seminar at the Four Corners of Heaven Festival and Peter was talking about his life and ministry, I would want to be asking from the floor, how did you get through Mark chapter 9 and then all that stuff around, I don't know who he is, or I'm going back to the fishing. I suppose as a minister or a pastor I want to preach to you the idealism because I think it takes us steps further but I also want to say we can't stay on any mountaintop we've got to go back down the mountain towards Jerusalem towards the cross and experience that apocalyptic practice idealism and pragmatism and that's the tension we work this stuff out in but the starting point is a transfigured Christ who God says again, my son, whom I love, and then the key words: listen to him. Let's allow your eyes to fall shut for a moment. Let me read from another night at the festival. Many of you will know it. History says, don't hope on this side of the grave. But then, once in a lifetime, the long-for tidal wave of justice can rise up and hope and history rhyme. So hope for a great sea change on the far side of revenge. Believe that a farther shore... Is reachable from here. Believe in miracles. And cures. And healing wells. Call miracle self-healing. The utter self-revealing. Double take of feeling. If there's fire in the mountain. And lightning and storm. And a God speaks. From the sky. That means someone is hearing. The outcry and the birth cry. Of new life. At its term, it means once in a lifetime that justice can rise up and hope in history rhyme. Lord, Shimascini talking about <coughs> idealism and pragmatism, apocalyptic praxis, faith and belief in the beyond. That we need to hold in the midst. May we learn how to live in that tension. May we believe in the idealism. May we believe in the glory of God made flesh. May we believe in the table that we will sit around in a moment may we believe in the bursting through of resurrection the new life and Jesus ascended on high and may that idealism that faith and belief help us in the pragmatic journey of life even as we move into land. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.